Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Body of Christ Church. And welcome to Repentance is the King. Is the King. Even that the blood in the church hall Can't forget about my friends in the dance hall Joy and love me have a great peace of mind And I this me want me dance I'll bring them to find Me go fast and pray Go fast and pray Till Christ had a me bring them fine See she a go fast and pray Go fast and pray And to the devil get thee behind Me fast This is the body of Christ's church. And welcome to Repentance is the King. Is the king. And welcome once again to another live episode of Repentance is the Key I am the host, your brother Ibaja, in the city of Atlanta, Georgia And I have on the line with me, the brother Godiwan Coming across the big pond in the UK, brother, say a couple of words Hey, all praises to the Most High in Christ It's the Sabbath here, so we give all praises to the Most High for the Sabbath Shalom to everybody Right, and the Sabbath will be rolling in very shortly where we are. And the topic of today's show is the National Black Churches Initiative. And when you look at it, basically the initiative, I'll read uh, just a little show synopsis here. On September 25, 2011, the National Black Church Initiative launched a campaign to bring 10 million black men back to church over the next 10 years. The ultimate goal of this agenda is to get African-American brothers to return to church, atone for their sins, and establish or reestablish their relationship with God through Christ. So the question that we ask on the show tonight is, does the return to, quote-unquote, church necessarily mean a return to Christ? Or does this mean exchanging the sins of the world for the sins of the congregation? So tonight we want to look at that and see what this is really about. Because before I even get into anything, this show is not about uh, bashing the so-called agenda that this organization has. Okay, it's not about putting the spotlight on the National Black Church Initiative. It's not about, oh, they, they don't do this, they don't do that. No. What we are come here to do tonight, as we always do, is teach repentance through Jesus Christ and address these different, you know, things that come up, different articles according to the scriptures. That's what we're here to do. So we want to look at this, you know, through the eyes of the scriptures because when you look at that that agenda, that's, you know, that's an honorable thing according to the scriptures. It's like, hey, you know, teaching people repentance, okay, is what the Lord told us to do. 
when you read in, you know, in Matthew, the 10th, the 10th chapter, I believe, where he told the disciples, listen, go out and teach repentance in my name in all nations. Okay, so that what? So that Israel could repent and come back and keep the commandments of the Heavenly Father. But unfortunately, you don't see repentance being taught in a lot of our churches. A lot of our churches you see, you know, the prosperity doctrine, which is famous, especially down here in the, in the South and in the so-called Bible Belt, and a lot of your, you know, African-American churches, you see the come as, thou, well, come as you are doctrine being taught, the doctrine of inclusion, and all these different things, you know, all these different doctrines, but very rarely is repentance taught. So, you know, are these men being gathered to Christ or to men? And the Lord, he actually, the leaders of that time, when he walked the face of the earth, he had a warning to those leaders. I want to read Matthew chapter 23, verse 27. And he says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whitened sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within, full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. So the thing is, that serves as an example and a warning to us in these days and times, especially to the leaders of our people. Okay, because when you look at it, the scribes and the Pharisees were responsible. They had the position of teaching the people out of the oracles or the commandments of the Heavenly Father. But instead, they were putting burdens upon the people and teaching everything but and wouldn't even acknowledge the Lord himself when he came. Go ahead, brother. Going on that same thing, what you're saying, as far as are they going to get taught the, the words of Christ. Now, Christ spoke this parable. This is um, Matthew 22, and I'll start from, from verse 8. Then saith he to his servants, the wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Go you therefore into the highways, and as many as you shall find, bid to the marriage. So this is what this initiative is about, and they actually put a number on it. So this is what Christ is saying. Go out into the highways and the byways and bid them to the marriage. What's the marriage? Bringing them back to Christ. Bringing Israel uh-huh. back to Christ. That's the marriage through repentance. It says, so those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. So... They found as many people as they could, bad and good. And this is a question that, you know, they have a goal of $10 million and, and you're putting a goal on it. It's quite dangerous because it's going to be the same thing. You're going to find those that are bad and good, and that's what we find in the churches. In, in a lot of churches, the majority of churches, that they're not teaching repentance and people to repent. People are... Or, or probably worse in the churches than in, if they were in the world. Verse, uh, reverse sin again. Says, so their servants went out to the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. So he saw this man, he didn't have on a wedding garment. What was that wedding garment he was supposed to have on? Was he was supposed to have repented in Christ. So it's going to be obvious when our Lord and Savior come who repented and who didn't. And this is the job that the church is supposed to do in the spirit of Christ is to get the people ready. Verse 12, it says, And he saith unto him, Friend, how camest thou in hither not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then saith the king to the servants, Bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. So a lot of people are going to roll into these churches, but they're not going to have the proper garments to meet Christ when he comes. They're not going to be taught the right precepts and scriptures to meet Christ when he comes. Because for them to get $10 million, that's not a big thing. But to get $10 million in Christ? That's a whole another ball game. What did Christ said, many wow. are called, but few are chosen. There's only going to be a few 
men that's going to pick up this Bible and live it and follow Christ. It's not going to be a whole lot. Didn't Christ just say that? I got one better. He, he told us straight that the, the wide and broad is the gate that leadeth into destruction. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read that. Do um, you, uh, you have anything else to bring out along those lines? Or? Mm-mm. Okay. Yeah, let me read Matthew. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, let me read Matthew chapter seven and verse Mm thirteen. And this is the Lord speaking. He says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. So the Lord Mm -hmm. is telling us to enter in through the straight gate. The straight gate meaning that we're not going to come with our own idea of how to repent through the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, we're not going to include everybody and everything under the sun when it comes to repentance. And what I mean by include everybody and everything under the sun is if I'm an adulterer, meaning if I'm going around sleeping with a whole bunch of women and following the doctrine of, well, as long as I say that I accept the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and as as the Son of the Heavenly Father on my last and dying breath and I'm going to be received into heaven, that's that broad gate that leads to destruction. Okay, if I'm a man that likes dealing with other men as I'm supposed to deal with my wife, I ain't going to say as with a woman. I'm going to say with a wife because it tells you in Hebrews that marriage is honorable and all in the bed and defiled. But whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. So if I'm a man that likes dealing with men as I'm supposed to deal with my wife, or if there's a, if there's a woman that likes dealing with women the way that she's supposed to deal with her husband and thinking that, oh, well, God loves everybody, and he loves me for just the way I am, and I was born this way, then that's that broad gate that leads to destruction. And that whole, even like they're going to the whole doctrine of inclusion, that's blasphemy against the scriptures. The Lord taught repentance from those works, those works of the flesh. He taught repentance. That's the hope that we have when we're in our sins, okay? When we're so caught up in our sins that we can't see any way out, people are taking their lives, People are just going further into their sins and destroying themselves. But the hope of the scriptures is that we can repent from those things and not go into the broad gate that leads to destruction. Because he said, many there be which go in thereat. Let me read 14. He says, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So it's not going to, like you quote, like you said earlier, um, the dialogue, it's not going to be very many people that are going to be willing to submit themselves to the Lord Jesus Christ as it is written. They're going to say, oh, well, the laws are done away with. I can continue to be an idolater. I can continue, oh, well, we understand that the the Lord's birthday is not on December 25th. Yeah, I know that was the birthday of Nimrod and all of this other stuff. We know it's paganism, but you know what? It's about family. Uh Uh-uh, that's not the straight and narrow gate. Nope. Let me read verse 15. He says, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. So the Lord told us, listen, there's going to be a lot of false prophets out there. There's going to be a lot of people holding up this Bible. You just gave a perfect example. You just gave a perfect example. Oh, we know know it's not about Christ. We know it's not about, we know it's the, the birthday of Nimrod and his pagan, but it's about family. That's how they clothe it. Yeah, yeah, it's a whip under the sheep's clothing, but you got to admire the sheepskin. You know, it's foolishness, man. Exactly. So, the the like I said, the agenda the agenda is honorable, okay? But the Lord told us how to accomplish the agenda, and he didn't even put a number on it. I want to read Matthew 25. I, I, I question that. Is the agenda mm-hmm. honorable? Is it honorable? Because they're saying what? They want to bring 10 million black men back to the church. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's diabolical because look at what's in the church. I mean, and if you just listen to the show that we do on Tuesday, Are You Smarter Than a Pastor? If you listen mm-hmm. to the show, you see the different, you know, the foolishness. That's going on in church on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. On Wednesday, Doctors Light, you'll see the witchcraft and the satanic infiltration 
how the church has been infiltrated by Satan. So when they saying um, get 10 million black men back in the church, man, that's the, then the downfall will be complete. Well, that's going to the point. The point is, is that it won't be 10 million, and the point is, is that a lot of these churches are not gathering people to Christ. They're gathering them exactly what it says to the church. Yeah, which which is which now in these days means to Satan because they're exactly. not gathering to Christ. The Lord spoke about that. Let me read Matthew twenty three fifteen. He says, right. "Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye can pass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, you make him twofold." Twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. So going back, it begs the question: What will these men learn in church? Will they learn about Christ, or will they learn prosperity doctrines and how to serve man? Will they learn you know about Christ, or will they learn about idolatry? What's you know that? what gets me about you is that um, everyone got a damn plan, rather than doing <laughs> what the Lord's plan is. The Lord told us to do what. What was the mission that the Lord told us to do? He said, preach repentance. Preach repentance, right? And he says, exactly. one planet, another man water, who's going to give the increase? God gives the increase. Right. And the ones that the most highest, how many are you going to lose? None. None. You know, whoever whoever, whoever is this initiative or start, who started the initiative? What church was it? Well, was it a particular name, person, um, a denomination? Yeah. Do we have that information? Yeah. As a matter of fact, this is uh, one of the websites that I, I use as a reference. And um, as a matter of fact, let me put that link up in the chat room real quick uh, for those of our listeners. And also for those that may, be catch this in the, that may catch this in the archive show, one of mm-hmm. the, uh, the links from the article is actually within the show synopsis. But uh, right here says, the National Black Church Initiative is a faith-based coalition of 34,000 churches comprised of 15 denominations and 1.5, excuse me, 15.7 million African Americans and is committed to bringing African American men back to church. Okay. So, okay, so there's different denominations. and this. You know what? They already got the number. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> they, Wait a minute, I was wrong. Most of those probably are, are, are women. But they can come close. All the, all the homosexuals and sodomites they got in the church, if they taught them to repent, they'd be halfway there, wouldn't they? Obviously, it would be. They'd be halfway there. They get those, they get those brothers to repent and keep it. They, all they need to do is look right where they are. Because many people don't want to go to church because. Churches, churches for I mean, for people that are feminine or soft. That's how it's viewed. There's no real knowledge. It's singing and dancing. It's like you know, you go into church, you 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 very close to a crazy person almost. And you're going to that church thing. You're going to that church thing. Where's the the scripture, biblical teaching of our Lord and Savior Christ? It doesn't exist in the churches, in the majority of churches. So back to you, Rook. Come on. You know, I want to read one of the quotes from uh, from the uh, basically concerning this agenda. It says that the black church must commit to reaching African American men to mold black males into strong fathers, husbands, members of society, and protectors of our community. A society cannot exist without sober, ethical, and functional men participating and leading family, families into a new age of African-American success. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sound like the prosperity doctrine to me. Let's yep. read on. New the black age. church. See how they drop the new age in it? <laughs> oh, ahead. yeah. The law of inclusion. I mean, uh, of uh, what's that, the, 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 the um, I can't even remember. It'll come back to me. Anyway, the um, it says the black church must impart biblical mandates for individuals, families, the community, and nation. And this is a statement from the organization here. And it says the initiative. Hold on a second. I'm having some uh, technical difficulties here. Okay. 
right. It says the initiative is part of the NBCI's larger healing family initiative, which seeks to bolster African-American families against the tide of violence and poverty. So when you look at it in teaching repentance, those things would not be an issue if our churches obeyed the scripture. Let me read Acts 4 and 34 and verses 35. But before you read about, that, you see you see how they avoided saying commandments? They said mandates. Mm-hmm. Why didn't it say commandments like the Bible says? Why didn't because it say you don't like the law? Why say mandates? You don't like being told what to do. I just wanted to, to highlight that the, the black church must import biblical mandates for individuals, for family, the community, and the nation. That the, it's been there all along. They haven't done it. Mm. They haven't. It is commandments and laws and statutes and judgments. Nah, that's that only been school. only only mandate. They've been mandating this times. That's why. That's why they don't. People don't want to go to church. Well, I'm going to go to church and look like I'm a damn fool foaming at the mouth and rolling on the ground doing the huckle and juckle, and then you're going to take all of my money. Uh-uh-uh. All right, go ahead, bro. You're going to read the scripture? <laughs> no, because actually that was actually one of the arguments in uh, some of the other, um, you know, links that led to of people that were like, okay, well, why people don't that that was exactly one of the reasons why you know that was cited why black men don't want to go to church because they you know it's a bunch of foolishness. But let me read you know a couple of scriptures regarding uh, bolstering African American families against the tide of violence and pro- poverty, specifically poverty. Acts chapter four verse thirty four. It says, "Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many were possessors of lands or houses, sold them, and brought the price uh, prices of those things that were sold." And laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Now, granted, we're looking at people that are sincerely coming to repent in Christ, and they're actually in need of help, and those that are able or in a position to help, you know, they give that. It's and that distribution was made you know, unto every man according as he had need, not to line mm-hmm. the preacher's pockets. Okay. Uh, but now, let's look at a couple remember. of um, bullet points. You Remember, I told you they could stop poverty in the black community. Remember, remember what my solution was? Oh yeah, they free off all the money from the mega churches. Mm. They, they, if they did exactly what you read in Acts, then that would that would get rid of a lot of poverty in the so-called black community. If they just freed up that money freed up that money and did exactly what it says. If the pastor sold sold his Bentley or his Rolls Royce and then the people that was homeless and kicked out that was supposed to be members of the church, they helped them, then it'd be halfway there. But but you know what the stipulation is on that, uh, Godiva? What's that? Because when we read in the scriptures, we're looking at, Reading the scripture here, the stipulation that the people understood here in the scripture, the ones that they were helping were the ones that actually came to repent through Christ. Exactly. These were the ones that were people that were trying to actually get their lives together and repent and not remain in their sins. That's the stipulation, and a lot of people are not going to abandon their sins and subject themselves to Christ, but they still right. have to I'm, I'm glad you said that point because, you know, there's, there's, there are many because the church has a warped sense of, of of how things are supposed to go. It's like, okay, just help anybody. Okay? Mm-hmm. You 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 you're a drug user. We know you're a drug user. Okay. We're gonna help you get this we're gonna help you get some food, but then where's the the scriptural teaching? And then that person is not trying to hear no scriptures. You're going to continue to help them and help them and help. You're taking away from a person that really want to hear and do. You know, mm-hmm. so the church has a really warped sense of what Christ wants. Christ wants us to repent. That's his ultimate goal. And if not, we're going to be judged for it. And speaking of that, 
I want I want to continue reading on uh, some points from this initiative because uh, this is part of their whole you know agenda here because it's right. going back to the point it says the initiative is part of a larger healing family initiative which seeks to bolster African American families against the tide of violence, poverty, moral depravity, moral depravity. So moral depravity meaning children born out of wedlock. Meaning sex before which is marriage. Which is going on in their churches. Meaning, which is going on uh, in their churches. Homosexuality. Okay. Which is going on in the churches. Okay. Uh, covetousness. Which is going on okay. in the churches. Uh, the love of money. Okay. Which Hatred. is going on in the churches. Which is going Murder. on in the churches. Stealing. Okay, for those so we can break it down for those that don't understand what that what that phrase moral depravity means. So it's like how can a church speak out against moral depravity when they accept every form of fornication in the Bible from idolatry, both on the physical and spiritual sense? I when they you. when they uphold go ahead, brother. I bought you. You said how they accept it. What do you mean how they accept it? is morally depraved? But that's the point. When the pastor's more depraved, everyone knew in the, in, in, in the black community, if, okay, if the pastor was bad, what was he doing? He was messing with somebody's wife, right? Mm-hmm. That was, yep. that was a big thing. That was always the big scandal, passing the mess with so-and-so's wife. Now you got to worry about your, your, your child, your son. That was like, yo, that's, a, that's the Catholics. They do that. If it was a black mm-hmm. man, you know, he's been messing with somebody's wife. Somebody, mm-hmm. some 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 man, some brother's lonely wife, don't see pastors think pastors is, is somebody when he's nobody. But now, pastors turning out little boys. That's moral depraved. So pe- they want people to come to that. No, you have to come to Christ. <laughs> Go ahead, man. And and the thing is, and again, dealing with repentance, I want to read. Leviticus, the 20th chapter. Mm-hmm. And I want to read verses 10 and verses 13. This is Leviticus 20 and 10. It says, And the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. That's plain, straightforward, and simple. Leviticus 20, 13. If a man also lie with mankind as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. So now we're reading these judgments. And granted, when you read St. John, the 8th chapter, and I'm just going to reference it, because this is where the woman that was caught in adultery was brought to Christ, and the scribes and the Pharisees, and all the people that said they made, she deserves to be put to death. Mm-hmm. And when the Lord basically said, he who is without sin, let him cast the first stone at her, they basically walked away. Why? Because they mm-hmm. knew within themselves they had committed things worthy of death. Right. That's what it means to not judge somebody. But the lesson goes beyond that, where he says, woman, where those not accusers, she said, Lord, I have none. He says, neither do I accuse thee, go and sin no more. So the example of repentance is right there, the example of repenting from adultery, the example of repenting from being a homosexual, which we read here in Leviticus 20 and 13, was also worthy of death. That example of repentance and that mercy that we receive through Jesus Christ is there. It's like, yeah, we've all done things. That we that we should deserve that we have the um, that we deserve death according to the Old Testament, but the Lord has come to give us repentance from being in servitude to those sins so that we can receive life. That's what's supposed to be taught, exactly. not to enable people to continue in those things. Go ahead, brother. Mm-hmm. No, agreeing with you, bro. Agreeing with you because. Um, a lot of people look at Christ as, you know, a sin charge card. I can charge my mm-hmm. sins on Christ, and he's going he gonna, he gonna to pay for it every time. He pays one time. That's, That's it. it. It's time to get off the merry-go-round of sin, of witchcraft, adultery, hatred, murder, the whole lot, and be transformed. You can't be transformed and... You know, you holding on to all every abomination under the sun, and then you're gonna call yourself a Christian, a follower of Christ. You know, and that's I mean, 
I come from the churches. I know what goes on in the church. I know what I did when I was in the church as a young man, mm-hmm. and the pastor didn't say anything. My nope. mother didn't say anything, who was supposed to be an ordained minister. And I've seen mm-hmm. the things that people did that they were in the churches. So when people go to these churches, it's just like, the, you know, the scripture that you read, they become more a child of hell than ever before because now they blaspheme in the name of God. It would have been better for them not to know anything than them coming to church and say, I'm doing this in Christ because now you're stepping on the Son of God. Now you're stepping on the Son of God, and now that becomes personal with them all. But you can't do that. Exactly. Exactly. And I want to deal with one other bullet point before we go to a break, because mm-hmm. one of the other things that they mention here as far as uh, bolstering African-American families against is failure. Failure of, failure of what? Financial failure? And when you look at that word failure in the context of, you know, a lot of our so-called black churches, they constantly speak of financial prosperity and raising up entrepreneurs. And when you look at the scriptures speaking of raising up righteous men, the scriptures doesn't talk about raising up entrepreneurs. The scriptures, listen, the prosperity that we, the scriptures speak of, we ain't even going to get it on this side, first of all. The prosperity that people are looking for that the scriptures speak of, we're not even going to get it on this side. The prosperity that the scriptures speak of is the kingdom of heaven under the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything else we, is a means to an end on this side. Let me read Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. It says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal, nor steal. It says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So we understand what the scriptures mean when it says, Okay, yeah, the scriptures do in detail that money is a defense, but it tells you also that wisdom is a defense. You know what about wisdom you? is a defense. What's that, brother? You know what? You know when you said that um we ain't gonna get that money like that on this side, you lost you lost three people. Four people. People want people want money. Though. They want riches, they want power. They want women. They want a God that's going to be agreeable to what they want. But God's not agreeable to what you want. We're supposed to serve him, not he serve us. That's the whole duty of man, that we fear God and keep his commandments. But see, people don't want to keep the commandments. So, they yeah, they have an initiative to get black men in the church, but how? What are they going to do? How are they going to draw them? You see, we're supposed to draw men through Christ. You know, like he said to the disciples, he said, come and follow me, I shall make you fishers of men. Now, when the disciples went out, what did they teach to fishermen? Did they teach, well, come on, we got we got chicken and watermelon. We can do a, we're going to do a fish fry, and that's how we're going to get you to come. Yeah, come to our church. We have, a, we have a fish fry every Sunday. That's how they're going to get people to church? No, they taught them repentance. They told them to repent. And repentance is not popular. You, you're an adulterer, and you now, now you're going to go to church, and the pastor's going to tell you, don't commit adultery. There's two things you're going to do. Either you're going to repent, or you're going to get the hell up out of there. Yeah. So in most churches, they're not doing that. They, they're crazy. I'm going to tell you straight up, being in the, being in the church from the age of five, I've seen I've seen a lot of things, crazy mm. things, and now I can discern between what the scriptures say and what people do, and what people do in the church is not what the scriptures say. So go ahead. Bro. Yeah, and and the thing is, uh, Godwin, is that the Lord said, "For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also." So mm. if your heart is on money then you're going to go to a church that teaches that prosperity doctrine. If your heart is on doing what you want to do, then you're going to go to a church that allows you to do what you want to do and enable you and make you feel very good about it. Mm -hmm. If you feel that, hey, as long as I got a little bit of change and I pay my tithes, 
then that's where you're going to go. You're going to go to a church that basically teaches that doctrine and tells you that you're going to be you're going to be accepted of the Lord Jesus Christ and make it in the kingdom of heaven. Right. Yo, do you remember at the Passover when we was written a written a hall from a church mm-hmm. and they wanted us to go to, on a trip with them? Remember <laughs> what the incentive was? It was fornication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm not trying to say anything, but, you know, them, them, them women going to be out there. But wait a minute. We tell the people that we the church. Did we tell the people we the church? Yes, we did. The Passover. Yeah, the women are going to be out there. So he's saying, mm-hmm. look, come on this trip. You could get with prostitutes. You could get with women. But we're but wait a minute, we're a church. So this is the kind of thing that you know, I'm not saying all churches, but a lot of churches. You know, the church I went exactly. to a lot of them modeled are the same thing the same same way. And a good indicator that you can tell real quick is that what? If your church is celebrating Christmas, they're going the hell off. Again, right. it's not the phrase that the shoe fits wear, that the shoe fits change it. Repent. <laughs> no, you don't change it. Throw it, throw it in the garbage, and then burn the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to read Matthew six thirty three before we go to the break. The Lord says, "But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you." When you look at that, okay, that scripture is like. One of the main ones that some of these prosperity doctrine preachers use, and they—I mean—they run a million miles an hour with it, because that take, they take it to mean that you're going to be a, become a millionaire and you're going to live in that, you know, six billion, six-figure house and this, that, and the other. Listen, when you look at the Lord, He, he taught about repentance. When you read the Lord's prayer, it says, "Give us this day our daily bread," meaning that we're asking the Lord for the things that are sufficient for us. To make it Now If the Lord decides To bless us With things above What we need to make it Day to day Then that's all well and good But the focus Is not supposed to be Lord make me a millionaire Lord let me get The six figure The six figure salary Okay The focus is supposed to be Repentance That's what the Lord Commanded to preach And teach And that's what We're going to teach And that's what a church that has that bears the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ is supposed to teach. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to continue to look at this so-called agenda. Y'all hold tight. The Body of Christ Church invites you to listen to all our programs on Blog Talk Radio. These programs are meant to edify the listener regarding repentance and good works that come through the Holy Scriptures. The weekly program schedule is Sunday at 2 p.m. Tuesday at 8 p.m., Wednesday at 7 p.m., Friday at 7 p.m., and Saturday at 9 a.m., all Eastern Standard Time. Our Spanish broadcast is at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time each Saturday at blogtalkradio.com slash ICDC. Please accept our invitation to call in to our show at 646-716-7749. Your comments or questions are eagerly encouraged, whether they agree or disagree with the viewpoints expressed by... In today's world, people have been deceived and their minds have been polluted by the doctrine of devils and many tools of Satan. When people are confronted with the true word of God, it is very difficult for them to handle. John 8 and 32 reads, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Come and join the Body of Christ Church every Monday at 8 p.m. as the true word of God is rightly divided for the edification of the church. And ask yourself this question, can you handle the truth?
Okay, we back. I had a little slip of the finger there. I cut off the first promo. But um, Ah, you're guilty. Yeah, <laughs> I'm guilty. I put a little oops up there in the chat room. But uh, for those of us that may just be joining us, what we're dealing with is the new agenda that has been set forth by the um, <coughs> excuse me by the you know what I didn't forgot the name of the organization just that quick anyway the National Black Church Initiative okay and they launched a 10 million black uh, basically a campaign to bring 10 million black men back to the church over the next 10 years and again the ultimate goal of this agenda is to get African American brothers to return to church atone for their sins, and establish or reestablish their relationship with God through Christ. And what we're looking at today is how that is supposed to be accomplished according to the scriptures and the things that the church or any church that bears the banner of the of the Lord Jesus Christ is supposed to be teaching. Okay. And you know what? It's one thing that I, I noticed when I went to their website and I looked at their logo. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny because the logo contains uh, basically icons or symbols of a lot of your so-called popular uh, religions. Okay, you have like a, a crescent moon uh, on there, which I think is like a symbol for like Islam or something. You got the, mm-hmm. you know, different forms of a crosses on there. You got the so-called Star of David. And that other one, I'm not sure if that's like a, some type of... Um, Buddhism or East Indian sign or something. It looks like Harry Christian. Yeah. So that alone should like raise a red flag. It's like, okay, that means are you pulling these people out of these different religions and philosophies to Christ, or I mean, you know, it's, it's, it begs the question. And, and how does that fit into the initiative or the agenda with regards to Christ? Because the Lord told us that. You know that he was the way, the truth, and the light, and that no man can come into the Father but by him. Mm-hmm. Meaning that either you coming through Christ or you ain't coming at all. So that that's that's real interesting. But um, I actually want to go to another point too about some of the things that uh, you know that that kind of concerns me about this whole agenda is you know the whole thing about you know putting confidence in man and putting confidence in, in rulers. When the scriptures, you know, warns of those, of those things You know, I want to read Psalms chapter 118 verses 8 and 9 And it says, it is better to put trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes So that means that at the end of the day You know, because a, a lot of these churches and organizations are structured where You know, it's all about the bishop was all about the pastor, it's all about the preacher, and Christ is set by the wayside. And people esteem the bishop or the preacher or the pastor more than the word of the Heavenly Father or the example that Jesus Christ left us. And, and we've seen that through many examples. You see it all in the news where, you know, a lot of these so-called, you know, men of God have been, you know, brought up on charges from adultery to incest to, you know, uh, homosexuality, all type of things. And some of them are even openly gay. Some of them are openly adulterers and and fornicators. You know, and and it's it's, it's a dangerous thing that they're playing with because through their example, the word of God is being blasphemed. You know, and even another issue uh, that was brought up, you know, as far as the, the number of women in the church and the reason why, you know, you you don't see a lot of black men in the church And I want to read something else here where it says um, it was going into more so of, you know, some of the statistics here. Okay. It it, it was real funny because the statistics were uh, basically going into showing that, you know, you have a lot of men that say they believe in God, but very few of them go to church. You know, and it talks about the disproportionate numbers of men in the church as compared to women. And you look at some of these churches, you know, the women rule the churches. The preachers and the pastors, they cater their doctrine, if you will, you know, to the to the women. Mm-hmm. Okay, and in particular. Uh, go ahead. Uh. Hey, you, you correct. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, and specifically dealing with the black church, 
okay, they're geared towards materialism and fornication. And a lot of these pastors understand that membership and money will be increased by appealing to the desire of their female members. Hmm. And the scriptures even warned us about how things were going to be topsy-turvy. And what I mean by that is, well, let me read it. It says it best in Isaiah chapter 3, verse 12. It says, as for my people, children are their oppressors and women rule over them. O oh, my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err and destroy the way of thy paths. Because when you look at the Lord, what was your fear? No, I was agreeing with you, bro. Go ahead. You're going good. Yeah, I mean, because when you look at it, the Lord established the order in Genesis. Okay, when he said that the man was the head and that the woman was the the, uh, the weaker vessel. Okay, and I'm going to go into that in a second. And it was reestablished in the New Testament when he said that the man is the head and that Christ is the head of the man and the man is the head of the woman. And people need to understand that when it says the woman is the weaker vessel, uh, that, you know, the man is the head of the woman, that, you know, again, that doesn't mean that a woman is a second-class citizen because, again, you have people that will take that scripture without reading the whole Bible and just take it out of context and just run a million miles, of what you know, with it. That doesn't mean that a woman is supposed to be barefoot in the kitchen and a baby-making machine. Okay. You look at Proverbs, the 31st chapter, and you see an example of a virtuous woman. I mean, you know, it's it's just, it's just crazy how how these things are just basically twisted. And the Lord told us that these things would happen because we refuse to keep His commandments. Let me read another scripture, Jeremiah thirty-one and twenty-two. It says, "How long will thou go, go about, O thou backsliding daughter? For the Lord hath created a new thing in the earth; a woman shall compass a man." So when we look at the society in the way that it is today, it shouldn't be a surprise that things are the way that they are. And the way that things are going to Okay, go ahead. I'm going to quote it. It's Hosea 4 and 6. It says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So I say that because those women that, that are out there and they talk about, you know, men and I don't want any man over me. And you read them, you'll tell them the scriptures. And the same thing that you're saying now, Abaja. You know, how, no, it's not a, not a wicked man that's going to beat you. You know, you're going to deal with you. No, 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 man's going to be over me. But then they'll be with a man that'll beat them, burn them, hurt them, leave them with the child, and they're in love with them. They're in love with them. Sell drugs for them. Sell their body for them. That just shows you how we're destroyed as a people. And people think they're going to come up with some initiative where the initiative is already given. Repentance has to be taught. The problem is that people hate Christ. That's the problem. People hate Christ. They don't want to listen to what is written in the Scriptures. That's why many churches telling you, the law is done away with. Christ said one jot, not one jot or one tittle shall know in any wise pass from the law. So what the hell are they talking about? People hate the Christ. And I'll use the come to God's line, anything but the Bible. Anything but the Bible. They'll listen to Buddha, Shiva, Rama, Brahma, you know, even the mama. They won't listen to Christ. Yeah, they won't listen to Christ. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So that's why we more, that's why poverty, that's why there's children without fathers, because we're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We don't want to listen to the word of the Lord. We don't want to listen to Christ, because what was Christ teaching? Repentance. Uh He taught repentance. And I want to read this scripture. This is Romans 7 and verse 7. It says, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Because this is one of the main doctrines that the church teaches. The law is done away with. Christ did away with the law. Then why are you paying tithes? That's part of the Levitical law to pay a tenth to the Levites. Why are you paying tithes? That's the law. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. No. You're, so, you're not supposed to commit adultery. You're not supposed to murder. 
You're not supposed to kill. You're not supposed to steal. You're not supposed to have other gods before you like you do at Christmas when you put that idol in your house. It's called a Christmas tree. It's an idol. It's ancient. It's in Jeremiah the 10th chapter where they decked it with silver and gold way, way, way before Christ was on the earth. Where do you get this from? Nay, I had not no sin but by the law. For I had not known lust except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. So how are they going to get people to repent unless they show them what they need to repent of? It's impossible. You know, people want to be, people want to feel good. They want to hear something good. They want to be inspired. But the Lord said what? Repent or die. That's in the book of Luke. Repent or else. A worse thing shall come upon thee. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he said to a the man. Repent or a worse thing shall come upon you. He wasn't playing. Yeah, but the sad thing is, is everybody else is playing. They are, they at recess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just going back to this thing because, again, you have to call a spade a spade. Because the scriptures tell us, you know, that a virtuous woman can lead her husband to Christ by her righteous example. Right. A woman has that power. And mm-hmm. the thing is, the power is not basically the woman, oh, I got the power to change my man. No, you don't have the power to change your man or any man for that for that, uh, for that that effect. But the power is the Lord Jesus Christ coming through her example. Right. Let's get it straight. So if the church is full of black women, then what is the example that the husbands see in them? Hmm. Let's read what the example is supposed to be. First Peter chapter three verse one. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Let me read verse two. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. Chaste means faithful conversation, the example that she's setting, coupled with fear. Fear of what? Her husband? No, fear of the Lord. Meaning that the example that the woman is setting has Hold on, bro. Can I stop you before you where you going? Because you said Go ahead. you said subjection. Read mm-hmm. that scripture again. Okay, this is first Peter chapter three, verse one. Likewise ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. Okay, I want to read the definition because the Lord said our people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So mm-hmm. subjection means being in a position or in circumstances that place one one under the power or authority of another. So what does that Uh-oh. mean? Your husband has power over you in the Lord. In the Lord. That's what it means to be subject. Because a lot of people, they look, they did a whole bunch of rioting and stuff over here in the U.K. and London, but they didn't touch no bookstores. A lot of people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We're simple people. We're wise to do evil, but when it comes to good, to doing good, we have no knowledge, man. So another one you read was chased. Some people say, you know, you're chasing a cat or something. Chased. I'm going to read it. It says, reframing from sexual intercourse that is regarded to contrary to morality or religion, free from obscenity, decent, undefiled or stainless, virtuous. That's what it means to be chaste. <laughs> See, our people, they don't know these words, so we get, we got to break it down for them, bro. This is what a woman was supposed to be, what a woman is supposed to be. But a lot of that is gone from the churches, you know, where women don't even dress uh, shame-faced anymore. They're not ashamed to show their legs, their thighs. And this is what in the churches, men, yeah, men going to come to church to find mm-hmm. a woman to lay with, and then they're going to be out again. <laughs> and when you look at that too, I mean, it's like it, the, it, this, this chapter and verse actually goes into. Let me read First Peter chapter three, and I'm gonna go down to the. Uh, I'm gonna read from one again and start all the way down. It says, "Likewise, you wives, be in, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, 
They may also, without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives. When it says also without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, meaning that they're not listening to the word. They're not, okay, you know what, I don't want to hear what that Bible has to say. But now he's looking at his wife, well, well, baby, what you, why are you doing that? Well, you know, this is what the scriptures say, X, Y, Z, this is what I'm going to do. This is what the Lord says. Mm-hmm. Well, baby, why, why, why are we not doing X, Y, Z? You know, I like this. Well, honey, listen, the Lord, the, the scriptures say that we're not supposed to eat swine, that we're not supposed to eat the pig. Well, baby, why you? My, I need my. I, I, I um. Yeah, I see that you wash my clothes. Yeah, the Sabbath is coming. You know that. Uh, just that. I mean, it's like you go. You can go down the line to, through the commandments through countless examples of repentance and keeping the commandments on how we're supposed to conduct ourselves. The man looking for an argument from his woman because she used to argue with him and calling him everything under the sun. You're sorry, Negro. This, that, and other. Blip, 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 blip. So now, when she's applying the commandments, she's like, you know what? The scriptures talks about striving. I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. That's the chase conversation coupled with fear that wins a man over. Because why? That's the spirit of the Most High in Christ on that woman, that the man is supposed to see that example and repent himself. But let me read on verse 3. It says, Who's adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. And sadly, a lot of our sisters do not have a meek and quiet spirit. Is the truth be told, they don't have a meek and quiet spirit. A lot of our brothers don't have that will to be in subjection to Christ. So, the thing that's going to guide us in that direction, the thing that's going to allow a woman to have a meek and quiet spirit, the thing that's going to allow a man to put on Christ, the whole armor of Christ like he's supposed to, and subject himself to the Lord and rule his household is repentance. And I want to read an example of that. Hmm. I want to read what the Lord said about Abraham because this is going into that whole thing of being in subjection, okay? Right. Because right. Abraham was in subjection to the Lord. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read Genesis 18:19. It says, For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. That's how Abraham received the blessings of the Heavenly Father. That's how Abraham received that blessing of becoming a mighty nation. Because he kept the way of the Lord and did justice and judgment according to the commandments. And not only that, he commanded his children and his household after him. Who's in his household? Hmm, let me see. The wife and the kids. So it's no great mystery. It's not rocket science. I want to go to another example. Let's read Joshua. And this is what Joshua told our people when they were going into the promised land. And I'm going to go straight to the point, Joshua 24:15. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So that's what that's the example of a righteous man that we're supposed to follow. Ultimately, the Lord Jesus Christ, but we see the examples of other men that follow the righteousness of the scriptures. Those are the things that we're supposed to pull from to empower us. Okay. Not this vain philosophy and stuff that they're trying to push out here. And it's funny because, you know, when you look at that whole thing of command his house and me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Listen, you want 10 million men in the church? Raise those 10 million boys to serve the Most High in Christ. That's where you're going to get your 10 million men from. Raise our children in the fear of the Lord so that when they grow into young men and women, when they grow into grown men and women, that they don't depart from that. Proverbs 22 and 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. But that's see, the that's the problem. It's the problem. How are they going to train them when they don't know themselves? But that's the that's whole the thing problem. about repentance. The church has to repent first, where they can bring anyone and tell them to repent. they got to get that Christmas tree 
out of the church and stop promoting Christmas. You know, I was on my work on my way to to work, and I was uh, taking a cab to work and speaking to the cab driver, and he, you know, he said, you know, teacher, you know, is a pastor, blah blah blah. So I'm like, okay, my thing. I was like, so what do you think about Christmas? And he's like, well, whether I celebrate it or not. I was like, yes. And so he began to talk to me about, like, yeah, you know, you know, I try to tell people that it's not about the commercialism or you know, buying or selling, you know, we know that, you know, the scriptures doesn't say that Christ was born on December the 25th. So he's going through this whole spill, you know. And I began to tell him, like, look, well, why don't people keep the days that the Bible says that we're supposed to keep? For example, the Passover. The Bible said Christ is our Passover. Like the Day of Atonement, where Christ said that, you know, he is the atonement. He's atoned for our sins. Why don't they keep those things? They want to keep these made-up fictional holidays because that's what's going to make them feel good. It's not going to lead them to repentance. So this is what the church is going to bring with more of the same, more Christmas, more in, or more Easter, more family get-together, more make you feel good. But when you come to the scriptures, every time I read the scriptures and when someone's coming to Christ, they got cut first. Then they repented. They got humiliated first. That's what the scriptures say. Before honor is humility. So you have to humble yourself before God and say and admit, confess your sins, and then forsake them. That's when the mercy of Christ is going to come through. So go ahead, bro. Yeah, and, you know, the, the other thing, too, is that, and, and we've addressed this issue on, on, a, uh, on, on a number of shows, because I was looking at some of the uh, comments from one of the uh, articles, and mm. I, I'm just going to read this in, just for a point. Okay, he mm. says, I'll be honest with you. If you don't invite pastors with a message like Jeremiah Wright and Charles Adams and Farrakhan, you'll just be blowing in the wind. Farrakhan teaches a lot about Jesus and the redemption of men. Jeremiah teaches the histor- historical component, and Charles Adams also does a great mix of theological and historical teachings. Pastor David Evans does a wonderful piece on being a man in Christianity. If any of these Christian churches have a white Jesus on the wall, it's over. You're wasting your time. (laughs) And it does matter. Race matters in the encouragement of black men to come to church. Teach to the power of Christ as it speaks of in Revelations. Yes, the love is well, but you take away from the true nature of the man with the total love teaching. That's why many gays and women are in church. Hmm. I want to be a part of this attempt to bring them into church. I personally feel that it would take less than a year, especially if you truly believe in Jesus. We can't wait 10 years. We need to move now. So, you know, this person, you know, they did uh, some name dropping because, you know, Jeremiah Wright was the guy that was supposedly President Obama's, you know, I I call him a former pastor when he went up there and talking about goddamn America and this, that, and the other. Listen, did Christ say, God damn the Roman army? No. Did the Lord teach that? No. 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 No, he didn't. It be controversial. Oh, controversial. Exactly. And when you look <laughs> you at Farrakhan. You want to be controversial? These repentance. Guess what? Exactly. You won't, you won't have any platform, because there won't be many people following you. And, and that's the thing. I mean, because you look at all of these so-called controversial People that he named like Farrakhan is okay. The Nation of Islam. Islam has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. I don't care how many times this brother references Jesus Christ and the Holy Bible. If he's not teaching the repentance through Jesus Christ as it is written in the Bible, then he's leading them astray. That's the say of the Lord. And that was one of the points that this that this uh this comment here brought out. He was like, "Listen, unless you got uh, teaching some controversy, listen, y'all just, just y'all, to these people, you blowing hot air." But it goes back to what the Lord told us: wide and broad is the gate, is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. All righty. Yeah, I was just putting a few comments that uh, yeah, Kakungba put a, a scripture up in the chat room, Matthew ten and eight, freely, and I think you'd already said it: freely give, freely re- uh, freely receive, freely give. And I, I just put some figures up in the uh, chat room. I said, you know, the ten years times three fifty, because that's an annual fee. 
and the website is listed as having 34,000, roughly or approximately 34,000 African American churches, African American and Latino churches. So y'all do the math. But at any rate, this is free. Repentance is free, and most people have a Bible in their house. So pick your Bibles up, read it, apply what's written therein, follow the example of Jesus Christ. If we're into fornication, whether it be spiritual or physical, shacking up with a woman, stop doing that. Repent. Dealing with a whole bunch of women, sleeping around with a whole bunch of women, stop committing adultery and fornication and repent. If you're a man that's beating on your woman, stop putting your hands on your woman. If you're disrespecting your woman, stop disrespecting your woman. If you're a woman that's disrespecting your husband, stop disrespecting your husband. And what it means by stop, okay, going into charity and going into having patience with each other and exercising temperance. The Lord leaves us examples of those things, of how you're supposed to be able to talk those things out. And the standard by which you deal with those things are the scriptures, not somebody making up their own book of rules or their own code of ethics. The code of ethics is the Lord. Hmm. A man wants to know how to deal with his wife, look at how Christ deals with the church. He tells you that in 1 Corinthians. A woman wants to know how she's supposed to reverence her husband. Look at how the church is supposed to reverence Christ. There's the example. So with that, we're going to go ahead and close out. And I want to say shalom and thank you for listening to the show. And Lord will, we'll be back next Friday to teach repentance through Jesus Christ. Shalom. Amen. Amen. If you've enjoyed today's program, Join us next week for another installment of Repentance is the Key, airing every Friday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also visit us on our website, www.thebocc.com, and our YouTube page, www.youtube.com forward slash thebocc1. Once again, that address is www.thebocc.com and www youtube.com forward slash the B-O-C-C-1 Acts chapter 17 verse 30 In the times of this ignorance God winked at but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent people, people, can you see and know